0: And we'll find Good Welcome busy. to The Cool Room. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, David Griffiths, welcoming you to what's going to be a very fun and enjoyable night. A bit different to what we've done uh, normally on a Thursday night. Tonight we have a masterclass. And um, obviously... When you have a master class, you need a master. Ryan is gonna be our master. I will introduce him in a minute. We've got a couple of other special guests that are gonna come and join us during the night uh, to talk about some of the different beers that we have. It's gonna be great fun. Thank you to everyone who's joining us in the Zoom Room. Thank you to everyone who's listening to the podcast version. Uh, we're gonna have a whole heap of good fun tonight. The four beers that you need to uh, enjoy with us tonight, are going to be the Breweries uh, Hellas, the Yeasty Boys Gunnamatta Earl Grey IPA, the Liberty Citro Double IPA, and the Chur slash Behemoth Hazelnut Milk Stout. So if you're listening along in the Zoom room with us, what we'll do is probably have a couple of those beers and then have a little five minute break in the middle, and then the last two of those. If you're listening on the podcast, feel free just to wait until you can get those beers from whatever local provider you go to, or you can get them from our online store. If you search for the Cool Room Podcast Shopify, you will find that and we can deliver those out to wherever you happen to be. And then you can enjoy uh, the podcast all the more because you'll be drinking the beers that we're talking about. Um, Given that there are some big beers there, both in terms of uh, volume and alcohol percentage, We're not suggesting you try and drink them all in the time that we have available to us tonight. Uh, If you're in the Zoom room, make yourself a little tasting paddle. Or if you're uh, listening on the podcast, feel free to pause after each of the beers. We'll make it very clear when we're going to move from one beer to the other uh, so you won't miss out. That way you better remember everything we've discussed and enjoy the experience all the more. Um, We'll go through with Ryan in a minute uh, about his social media, but please follow ours, at The Cool Room Podcast, on uh, both. Gee, Ryan looks confused. I love the video aspects of Zoom. It's fantastic that we don't record that. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on Facebook so that you can have some uh, opportunities to know what breweries are coming up. There's going to be a few limited release packs that probably won't even go to social media. So make sure you're on our uh, email list as well. We're Podcast at gmail. Um, Ryan, we're not going to talk about the very fun one that we've lined up for Christmas tonight, but I'm just going to keep referring to the very fun pack of beers that we've lined up for Christmas tonight. Um, I think it's the most expensive set of beers that I've ever bought in my life. Uh, we won't, hopefully uh, tell my wife exactly how much I've expended on saying we're going to get those beers in. They're going to be amazing. There's not many of them coming to the country and um, people who are on our mailing list are going to get first crack at them. Uh, Next week we have Bright Brewery joining us. The week after that we have Rocky Ridge and um, for those reasons again we suggest that you're on the mailing list and get first crack at those tasting packs. Right. I reckon that's enough for me. Warren Wu is yet to join us in the room, but thankfully Travis Bristos, like many men in Melbourne has a brand new haircut, uh, looking very schmick. Mate, welcome. How are you?
1: Um, well, David, I'm very well. Uh, we're all, all looking, well, most of us are looking pretty schmick. It looks like a lot of us have gone to the hairdressers this week. Um, for listeners overseas and interstate outside of Victoria, um, we couldn't go to a hairdresser's for a very, very long time, so it's uh, we're all sort of having a bit of fun with it, I think, and we're all like children in candy shops getting our hair cut again. Uh, Ryan, welcome, mate. Um, looking you know, very
2: sharp there. Thanks for having me. I, you, as, as as David said, you're looking sharp yourself. There's a, a lot of good-looking haircuts uh, in this Zoom call right now. It's fantastic. About
0: the faces, but there's only so much you can actually do to change things. So, you know. The
1: hair oh, looks we are five minutes in and we are getting off track. Let's kick this thing <laughs> off, Ryan. Uh, why don't we start by you giving us a bit of an insight and painting us a picture on uh, where you're from, how you came to be our masterclass host for this evening,
0: masterclass,
1: and uh, and, and give us an idea on uh, on what we're going to start with tonight.
2: All right. Well, um, so I'm I'm a, a bear rip, um for uh, for probably one of the if not the largest independent um, international distributors in Australia, experienced at beverages with some great 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 beers in our portfolio from from all over the world. Um, but um, I came, I actually got into beer uh, through one Gabs one year and um, just really loved the atmosphere and decided I wanted to do that so I thought I'd um, just make a nuisance of myself around every um, every stand there was until I could I was just I was collecting business cards and beers, to be honest. Um, but yeah, tonight I guess we're starting with the the Hellers Lager, um, the Rukela um from the brewery. Um, it's a uh, so the brewery are uh, from California. Um, I think it's uh, what's the name? It's a weird. It's, it's like um, Placentia. Um, California—it's a real. It's, it's, you always remember it once you see it. But um, they—they pretty much brew only. Um, it's all experimental styles and a and a, um, but all Belgian styles, sort of predominantly Belgian styles. And um, yeah, this is a, a fantastic. What I think is a fantastic lager.
0: What makes a fantastic lager for you? I guess is the obvious sort of follow-up question to that
2: um look you want to avoid things that make it too much like a carlton or a um anything any like i feel like lagers have been that they're, they're the ones that are, are the most approachable beers so they're the ones that sort of get bastardized the most you know what i mean they uh yes. they are the mega swell is what they call and things like that um this one here is this approachable for all people but it's got that full body like really nice i I like it it's 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 a it's a it's a great lager
1: yeah i mean we're probably gonna we're gonna backtrack we're gonna go a bit all over the place here tonight so guys in the zoom room if you've got a question to ask feel free to type it away and uh david or i will ask that of ryan um ryan you mentioned before that you're you didn't want this to be called a masterclass. um (laughs) i think you've probably got more knowledge on some of these things than david and i do so i i think any questions that uh people in the
2: zoom room want to ask i don't think there's any bad questions tonight so um we can preface that as well we'll say i i'm i'm not a cicerone i um i have never brewed a beer um i I I I read and regurgitate things oh, from tasting notes and labels, and it's it's purely a um, a love for the beer that that sort of yeah. I'm 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 by no means qualified. Is, is regurgitate
0: a good word to use when discussing these kinds of matters?
2: I was thinking the same thing. It's
1: um,
0: uh, it's it's a bit of a, you know each day, um, well, well, not, sorry, to their own, there. Um, let's back. cut across you there, mate, but. In the room with us tonight, we have Brent. Now, Brent, you've employed effectively uh, young Ryan here to sell beers on your behalf. How do you reckon he's going so far, and how do you feel about the use of the word regurgitate in his um his acting spiel?
3: Uh, look, uh, look, me and Ryan go way back. Um, he's been regurgitating all sorts of crap for the last I don't know. 15, 20 years I've known him. So <laughs> I feel, feel like we're going to sort of throw up to you in the in, in the. Oh, that's a bad phrase to use.
0: I'm going to rephrase that just to begin with. I, I feel like we're going to um, cross to you in the coach's box from time to time, just to give some comments about how you think Brian's going as the night moves along. Yeah,
1: no, no worries. We need to get some uh, some placard numbers that you can hold up and just
3: show <laughs> us.
1: Score.
3: Um, I can actually do that. Oh and, uh, look at these. Oh, that's <laughs> notes here if I need them, so it, it makes makes
1: for a really crappy podcast audio, but uh, visually in the Zoomer it be great. I just
3: I just need a big pin, but I um I'll draw this one out in red. Um Pin? What are you gonna pin it to? Uh, I think my deck. <laughs> um uh, uh, Ryan. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to get. it, I'm going to be back in a second. Hang
1: on. Sorry. Okay. All right. While while, you're, while Brent's uh, going to get a pen, let's have a discussion about uh, about experience that in relation to like the intro, You guys have a really interesting backstory. Why don't we delve into that a little bit Here while we wait for Brent gets back? Okay. Uh, before we we uh, talk more about the beer.
2: Okay. Well. Um. So. Um. Johnny and Carrie. They're the Johnny. <laughs> Johnny and Kerry um, are the owners, uh, founders. of experienced it, um, so they. Well, if we, if we look, look at it, it's called Experience, it and it actually stands for it's it for Italy. So Johnny was actually um, a I guess a a, a a sales executive for Disney, um, and was based in Italy, and um, was they were getting into all the wine um, in the in the region that they were at. I can't recall what it was. Um, but um, and then they started getting into the there was a, a local craft beer scene in Italy and um, Johnny was getting into it um, and they actually um, they still had their place in, in in New South Wales and so they 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 bought a whole lot of it they were like this is fantastic we can't get any sort of beer like this um, sort of around around where we are and they ended up importing a whole bunch of Italian craft beer um, and Johnny just jumped on the phone and called around. Italian restaurants, craft beer bars, and they all snapped it up. And he goes, there might be something here and um, kicked off with it, really. Um, yeah.
1: Give us uh, insight. What are some of those Italian craft beers that they imported?
2: Um, so there's uh La Bassa. Oh, no, La is one of the Beer uh, Italia? Uh, yeah, yeah. So La is a-
3: the first a- one.
2: There's, um, Yeah. Very Italia. Um You've got uh, Brewfist as well, out of Italy, who do um, some really cool beers. Um, I it escapes me what some of the uh, the earlier earlier ones were, um, but there is a what oh, is it called? I almost need my notes in front of me. But yeah, there's um, yeah there's a, a couple of really really um, cool Italian ones as as well as that. They've got the um, Italian spirits as well from uh, Antica. Oh, don't don't let Johnny hear this podcast. It's uh, Antica Quaglia Distillery. A lot of Italian words. How do you reckon he's going, Brent? Just
0: now, just just checking
3: in. Just... Um, <laughs> look, up, he's trying. So, like Ryan does, tell a good story. <laughs> he really does. Um, I think you've got him. <laughs> I know we're breaking, breaking his. Up. Oh, you've
0: the three out of ten. That's good. Yep, yeah,
3: good. So, i, think so I actually a... do this in the mirror, so I'm getting them the right way for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah,
2: yeah, um, it was sort of born out of that, and um, then uh, instead of looking at the wines and things like that, they they really went down that, that bear avenue and and looking for hunting out new beers. And now Johnny has probably the best job in the world, in which he well not at the moment because he can't travel, but he's quite often literally every 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 you know two months he'll be in a new country, just drinking beers, trying finding new beers, and it's. Um, I envy that, that, that lifestyle I want to. So we've got about, um, we've got like
1: five beers on the list tonight that we're gonna talk about, but that's certainly just a very small part of their distribution. How mm. many beers are on their list?
2: Um, there's usually there's usually between forty to fifty different brewers um, that cycle through, and they're they're not always available on our portfolio year round. Um, some of them will will we'll literally bring in a shipment once or twice a year, because they are more of a special occasion type beer. You want to have them, you know, saturate the market year round with these beers. Either that, or we just literally can't get our hands on sufficient quantities of them all the time. What are what are some of the more rarer breweries that um, you guys? <laughs> um so there's like jester king out of the us is um do some very very um very cool cool sort of wild fermentation things as well um so um actually brewery has a few uh really um really i guess i wrote them down here they're parts of the brewery which are usually super super selective um as such so they've got their society beers, which are beers which are mostly are only ever meant to be drunk on site in one of their tap rooms, um, and they we can bring them in, but they need to keep that exclusivity. So you need to be a subscriber of a um, what do you call it, like a like a members pack or things like that. And they uh, but they generally like they're about six hundred bucks wholesale for a case um, of. Kind An
0: idiot would pay that kind of money. <laughs> Anyway, let's keep oh, that
1: moving along. Yeah. I feel like that's a reference to your Christmas pack,
2: David. No one likes it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, let's talk
1: a bit more about the Hells. Yep. Um, give us a bit more of an insight. Um, I mean, this is just a traditional lager, isn't it? I mean, there's nothing... It's It's as traditional as you get, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Definitely. it's a really... It's what I've found with, with lagers. It's it's the it's a really simple, bone style with where, where you can't really hide. There's no there's no way to hide blemishes or things like that because it's it's it is what it is. It's it's all laid bare. Um, what I what I really love about the Helles Lager is it's it's as I might might have mentioned earlier, but it's one of those beers that where if you've got someone coming around and they only drink a Heineken or a or a or a Bex or something like that. You can you can you can literally give them this, and while it's not the same flavour profile as those ones, it's it's um, that crisp but full body, body, uh, body taste um, that's that's it's it's, it's 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 really pleasant. I think lagers are one of the most underrated styles um, in the craft beer game at the moment as well. So, which kind of brings me to the next question.
1: Like we're, you know, we're heading into summer at the moment. Are we heading into a summer of lagers? Is this the new thing? Is this where we're going? We've gone summer from of lagers. Summer of lagers. That's what I, will David and I, talk about this a bit. Is it not going to be sours this year?
2: It's just going to be all about lagers? If you're looking at your social media feeds, it's going to be the summer of seltzers, which, he really scares the shit out of me.
1: Oh, see, I didn't, oh. I didn't think we'd bring this up so early in the podcast. I thought we'd wait until right. we at least got like three beers in before we start talking about this.
3: By the way, before anyone questions me, that's not a salsa. I, um, I got a guilty confession. Um, I got my pack yesterday, I was really thirsty. Been in Queensland, it's hard to find good beer. I actually went for that straight away as soon as it was cold. So I was talking to Ryan while I was drinking it. So what I have here is a gin and tonic. But, yeah. um, just so no one blames me. We're <laughs> not... Got you in time. I'm impressed by that. So that's good news. We're mm. not judgy.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Sorry, I, I, carry I, on. <laughs> I, in terms of, um, is it going to be the summer of, of, of lagers? Potentially. Potentially. I, I, I've seen, we're seeing, I guess what what are often referred to as i guess lifestyle beers which are are, are, a more approachable style you can drink six of them and not be ruined um and just lower carbs lower lower abvs um yeah something that you can you can can go to the park um which would be great i guess since that's the only place we can go um so yeah i think i think Lagers can fit into that category, they definitely do. Um, but I think it's the summer of lifestyle beers. If that's that sounds so cheesy when I say it, that's it. that does sound a little bit wanky. Yeah, look, there's certain things that as a rep that you find yourself repeating. Um, Did
0: you make you a t shirt that says lifestyle beer drinker, would you wear it?
2: No, um, no, <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> oh, look, I get what you say, look, it's these things as a rep you're sitting there and you end up hating words that you just repeat. And some of them are just, Oh, this is so sessionable. Um, and the word sessionable, I've had nightmares about, and it's, uh, yeah, there's there's it's a catchphrase. Lifestyle beers is going to be one of those. I don't think I've ever heard the lifestyle
1: beer thing. I'm a little bit concerned about it. Like it's, I'd much prefer sessionable beers and lifestyle beers.
4: It's it's the same. It, it's oh, used in the same. Hello, yes, I've been here since. Uh, for everyone who's playing at home, six forty-seven. Um, oh, that was my time. Perfect. Nice work. Uh, yeah, like lifestyle beers is used in the same circles as um, as the term fast-moving consumer goods, like <laughs> FMCGs. Like if you if you yeah, not for regular people who actually. Love it.
2: <laughs> we, should we move along from lifestyle beers? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>, we should. <laughs> we should, we should. Um, <laughs> lifestyle we, sauces. Before we move on to the the next beer, can you give us a bit of an insight of some of the other awesome beers that the brewery do?
2: Oh, yeah. So um, the brewery do, as, as I mentioned there, they're all really experimental sort of styles. They do um, all, all, all sort of Belgian I guess their roots are all Belgian styles, um, so they've got. There's actually I'll I'll, I'll I'll share it with Dave, but there's a, there's a there's a link. Um, so one of the beers that they do is called a Black Tuesday, and they do it. Um, it's, it's brewed on the last Tuesday of October of every year, um, and uh, the link that it's got a video about them talking about it. But it's it's a it's, it's generally a, a barrel aged dark beer. It's, it's oh, it always is. It's a barrel aged dark beer um, that. Um, they very early on in the piece they wasted so much. I think they got two barrels out of this leftover, um, leftover, like just it was just leftover shit that they had at the at the brewery that they decided to make this out of and um, aged it for I think it was about ten months or something like that, a year, and it kicked off. Everyone loved it once they they put it out there. They basically um, sold it out there. So and and it was it's. Very high ABV, very decadent, very amazing. Um, and the other thing, as I mentioned, was the society Bears. But there's another part of the brewery which is um, it's literally called Offshoot, and Offshoot do hazy IPAs. They they pretty much specialise only in hazy IPAs, um, and it's the brewery Offshoot, hence the name. Um, so they that's that's the other the other side of the business. Completely, you would not tell if it if you look at the two cans together, but um, yeah. The,
0: look, I might just chime in there as well while we're talking about brewery matters. I mean, part of what the podcast has always been about over the last couple of years is uh, pulling back the curtain on how hospitality works and the trials and tribulations of uh, getting the tastiest beers to people. And so when we first put the tasting packs up for tonight, we had another brewery beer in the, uh, in the lineup. And when it landed uh, by miscommunications, not with Ryan or I or Experience, but with the shipping company, it had um, another brewery beer, but the out of, well, not the out of date version, but a, a version that we weren't comfortable uh, having out there. So I guess just publicly putting up our hands and saying sorry to uh, those people who bought the initial pack and um, anyone who bought it originally, we included that beer uh, for But if you've seen the advertising for tonight and you didn't get that beer in your pack, we didn't charge you for it. Um, but we didn't think that it was going to be as top-notch as both uh, Ryan's end and our end wanted it to be. And that's one of those just weird little things, isn't it, mate? That, you know, you do all you can. You'd been on the phones and we thought we'd double and triple and quadruple checked that we get getting the fresh batch. And um, when the bloke with the uh, big truck dropped stuff off, it was the old batch.
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought we'd we'd nailed that one down. But um unfortunately we had two different two different brew dates in the warehouse and after double and triple checking and being assured that it would be right, it, it wasn't. So yeah. So
3: I, hey, I I'm just gonna chime in. I had that last night um while I was on the clock for the day job. Uh hopefully no one here from my actual workers <laughs> online. Um it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. I'm not actually a really big fan of Brett, um, but uh, it was really well balanced. I think it held up to its uh, age, and you could probably put it down for another six to twelve months, and it'll still be a cracking good beer.
0: We um, well either way, you know. We just sort of we like to sort of say when we get things wrong, and um, also just sort of you know everyone. It's a bit of everyone goes. Wouldn't it be great to run a pub or a brewery or be a beer rep or <laughs> run a podcast about beer, and you go, no, all it is is paperwork and checking dates and spreadsheets, and um, we just like to reveal to the world what that really feels like. So, thank you to everyone who's uh, stayed with us, and apologies to Shana for the fact that the logistics end um, didn't ship you one of the beers, but gave you two of the um hazelnut stouts, which you'll get to enjoy as the night rolls on. Yes. Well said.
1: I, um... I feel like we're probably all getting to the end of our house. Um, we are going to move on to the Yeasty Boys next. And I'm going to throw over to Mr. Warren Wu, who looks like potentially he's one of the few people in the room that's yet to have a haircut.
4: Yeah, I, I haven't had a haircut. I'm my, my wife's hairdresser. My wife can't go to her appointment next Friday. so I'm <laughs> going to try to steal that one. Although I was right next to the, the Barbers of Babylon in Mooney Ponds earlier today. What? Barbers of Babylon, haven't you heard those guys? They're they're just in front of the, the junction. They're just on the junction on uh, uh, across the road from the tram stop. Uh, that big old tram stop in Mooney Ponds, and they're, they're just a bunch of Turkish guys who cut hair, and they're they're terrific. You'll you'll just be sitting there and just be immersed in some kind of weird barber <laughs> thing. One of the
1: things I didn't mention before in relation to my barber was um, they always give you a beer when you go in there,
4: and the only beer they had on hand were Coronas. <laughs> Somehow I feel like that was that was more planning than than. Yeah, there was a little bit more planning to that.
0: Yeah. While we're doing this, shout out to all the king's men where I get my haircut. Always put Iron Maiden on for me if I ask nicely. <laughs>
2: So while we're <laughs> off, okay, okay. Uh, on, the, uh, on the topic of barbers, uh, if you are in the, the Fitzroy, Collingwood uh, <laughs> areas, head along to Kenneth Jeffries. It's the newest barbershop on Smith Street. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Go.
4: guy.
2: Frank,
0: got anything to throw in for us, you know, from up north? Anywhere, you know?
4: where, where are all the King's men now? They're in the city, yeah? Yeah, they're just
0: sort of at the back of, uh, well, the, the Royal Arcade joined the roll of the block,
4: basically. So. Oh, you're nice. Yeah. You're all just. Made. Anyway,
0: Mr. Warren Wood, why don't you kick us off with the next beer and let's keep things moving along about beer.
4: All right. so the Yeasty Boys, they're straight. they're gonna matter. Gonna matter Earl Grey IPA. Um, is our current beer. This is this is I keep every time I try this beer, I just think holy boy, this is tasty and completely and, and a lot, and and not 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 what you expect, not quite what you expect. It's it's it like the the it comes across as more fruit driven. There's raspberries and and stone fruit and all sorts of other shit in there, but it doesn't scream grandma's soap dish. It doesn't scream like that full on, you know, that full on Earl Grey that can sometimes get a bit meh. Um, so. Back to the topic, yeasty boys. They're yeah. Kiwi originally, well, still still brewing in New Zealand, but they're they're Australia and the UK, Ryan.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the, it's, it's almost like this um weird partnership deal that's gone gone through. So they're in um in New Zealand, so it's Stu McKinley um and his mate, I can't remember his mate's name, um, but they started the the business down in Invercargill um and then grew and grew um and but now they so they partnered with um with uh nomad up in manly um and so brew uh Yefty boys australia which is the the brewery where this can came out of um that you're all trying um up there um and also with are they with vocation in the uk yeah it, yeah it is vocation yeah vocation in the uk and in new zealand with urban oil. so um we had Urbanord on the other day, other week. Um, yeah, so they're, they've partnered up with breweries who have got the capacity to do it and um, still brew the same styles,
3: and yeah. Hey, just a, um, a fun fact, I'll chime in there. Yesty Boys actually brewed our very first beer for us. Um, that
4: that was our ground zero. That Celia Wade great, ground. That's great. So, nice. yeah, we go way back. What, what was that first beer? What did they brew? And how it's would been- you rate it? That's the other thing. Would Did, did they hit the mark? Um, yeah, look, i I, uh, I got to say I
3: really loved the beer. Um, it was a brown ale as well, funny enough. Uh, Celia Wade-Brown, who was the Mayor of Wellington at the time, uh, and was a coffee brown ale. Um, but uh, yeah, the Eastie Boys, absolute legends. We wouldn't even be here without them, so um, kudos beauty. to them.
4: Um, So... New Zealand's got a massive and really diverse brewing scene. Why? Where do you think that comes from? What do you think? And where do you think Yeasty Boy sits in that scene? Like, it's hard to get a it's hard to get a real grasp when it comes to the New Zealand market from Australia because we only see through yeah. our lens. But where do they? Yeah. Look, I'm I'm going to put
3: them down as uh, the founding fathers. Um, the the man who wears a loud pants may uh, disagree, but um, you know who I'm talking about if you know Stewie. But uh, like there was there was Epic, there was uh, Renaissance, um Easty Boys, like they were the sort of the godfathers at the time that were cranking out really good beers. We came in quite early, um, and fortunately with Andrew, you know, he was sort of making his circles around those guys as well. Um, but yeah, they did some really polarizing stuff in the early days. You know, um, the uh, Rex Bears, uh, it's probably one of the most hated beers in the world. I, I personally love it. I love smoky whiskeys. Um, it's all peat, but uh, you either love it or hate it. And I love the fact that those guys sort of breached your boundaries and produced something that was just really different.
2: On, on that, though, why, why, why Kiwis um, seem to really... Just take take hold of the brewing landscape and and consider it. There, it's 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 got to be the water, uh, the attitude. Um,
3: nine nine gauge wire, right? Or eight wire actually. It's number eight that. wire.
2: Number <laughs> eight gauge wire. It's 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 a can-do attitude. It's a get it all done at all costs attitude. Um, we're a lot smarter than most countries or every country <laughs> in the world, and just you know, it's 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 it's,
3: it's a lot. Just it's, it's God's own country, really. We're really fortunate with our um, hop going uh, community as well down in Nelson. Um, some of the world's best hops, like we've got them in the back in our back doorstep. Um, you know, accessibility to world-quality um, products obviously uh, helps promote a world-quality pro- uh, product, um, finished product, as, such as a beer. So yeah, we're really, really
4: fortunate. Um, going back, I might just flip on back to the, the flavour. Um because it it does like it's 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 really strange it's obvious i should really hate this it's got the it's it there's obviously Bergman as a as a adjunct um or earl grey tea is an adjunct for this guy um what makes it work so what do you think makes it work so well what do you think makes it kind of not be not be too over the top um a lot of comments uh, coming from our room and i feel the same way that yeah you know, i i'm not a huge fan of all great tea but this beer is, it's is sunshine. Pretty great.
2: it is literally you you drink it and you taste sunshine and i know that's um yeah. you asked for the master class and i'm not a sister owner or anything close to that but you it is literally bright exciting it is not the 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 um, six and a half percent. You take, you don't taste any of that. You, you could literally be drinking an ice. Six and a half yeah. percent. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: And it's um, it's, it's 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 it is a as you're saying, like in terms of 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 what you're sticking a beer, Earl Grey tea probably wouldn't jump out as the first thing you do. But it's um, it is it it had something. I don't know why. I'm not a, a brewer, but it's. I'm glad they did it.
4: When when do you think adjuncts? What uh, do do you have any uh, um any thoughts on where adjuncts really work and adjuncts fail? Like where adding something an ingredient to a beer works and it fails. Like have you what, what have you come across, Ryan? Where where that make that thought has come out to you? Um, I find the, the, I mean the the classic ones are the really
2: divisive ones, like um two taco had the the coriander in it oh yeah yep. um, and coriander is just one of those those ad- like things that you either love it or you hate it. there's no one who goes oh coriander i don't i don't care about coriander you literally you have a side um and personally i think coriander is fantastic um i'll be campaigning for coriander I'll, let me know if you for your lawn um but um yeah so it's it's the divisive ones are. I mean, taste subjective, right? So it's it's everyone's going to have their own story or their own approach to a taste. But things that I think what I really enjoy uh, are things that I don't expect. Or, or like this one, like yeah, with with tea um, and Earl Grey. Putting Earl Grey into a um, into a, an IPA is like that's weird, but you taste it, it's amazing. Mm. Other ones that I've really liked have been um, like um, coconut. Um, cheers, uh, Brave Bicky Brown Ale. Um, it literally tastes like a lamington. It's, um, it's, you know, it's got that coconut and that that, that roasty chocolatiness that comes through and it's amazing. Um, as well as um, when people do, a, uh, when people, when brewers do a, a Mexican, um, like a, a hot chocolate chili stout. Yeah, yep. Those, I think that is, it's just, You'd drink it and you could literally sit there drinking it all night, sipping and babbling shit. And
3: it's amazing. I'm sure this does a, a awesome um, jelly stout as
4: well, as you we were talking about them before. Yeah.
0: I've I've, so, I mean, Can I ask a minute, cut across you, Warren? Sorry.
4: Yeah, go on. Go ahead.
0: In terms of, so you in the, in the portfolio, Ryan, have a really wide sweep of Yeasty Boys beers. Why this one was, uh, I guess, mm. you know, is the one you'd like to sort of introduce people to the brand through.
2: Well, I, th- like, so this, this is, um, the Gunna Matter is, apart from having a, it's it's named after a Melbourne, one heck of a windy beach. Um, Could be Sydney and, as well. Yeah, it is. <laughs> is there a Gunna Matter in Sydney?
3: No, it's Melbourne, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was sort of we saying, went fishing oh,
3: there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Windy <laughs> as hell. Big long walk, lots of gear. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's it, it's years ago. It might have been even ten years, eight, 18 years ago. It, it took out like the the People's Choice Award at um, Gabs or something. It was, yep. it was one of those awards, and it was just I was like that was Gabs,
3: man.
2: It, it was Gabs. It was Gabs? Yeah, and it, it was like holy shit. It's one of those beers that you, as you're tasting now, if you haven't. And it's 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 an old classic. Um it's been around for ages, it's still there. Um, I feel like I wanted to maybe it's my rep, rep reps hat going on, like people seem to be always hunting that new, new, new beer. Sometimes it's cool to, you know, delve back in and, and see these old favorites. Like I bought an Oasis record the other day and I'm cranking it. It's um it's one of those things where you you go back through a uh, and you remember the times when you were drinking it the first time. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it unlocks memories and
3: yeah. So um, I'm uh, actually channeling my inner uh, 3 right now. You can see my screen, um, but I just uh, hit him up. So asked I him, asked him to give us a few pointers on uh, matter It's actually back to their biggest selling beer again, um, which is huge because, you know, the popular black was so polarizing, uh, especially in the UK, you know, having a, a good stout. They re-released that. Um, reckons it actually it's better in the UK. They're using a Quebec strain yeast um, that they're pretty much using for everything now, including their lager. Um, and it's still neck and neck with uh, PKB as Stu's favourite beer that they make. So there you go.
0: PKB, bean For those of us playing, black kid or
3: black. That that as I was talking about, like one of the godfathers of um, New Zealand uh, beers, their stout was so up there and 750 mm. mil worth bottle as well. It was awesome. You could have two of those and, um, yeah, have a good night.
4: <laughs> um, guys, uh, the, the following on from David's question, something that, that's quite interesting. I suppose most of our, our listeners will be interested in understanding is when you're putting a bunch of beers together, when you're, you're having a session across a few beers, what are you, how do you arrange them? And what are your thoughts when you're selecting them?
2: So, okay, so in terms of, in terms of it doing a, a tasting, you, you wanna, you don't want to literally assault taste buds um, straight up and then expect people to, you know, experience the complexities and the daintiness of other styles afterwards. Yeah, some, some like the nature of certain hops and certain styles of beer is they can be Super bitter and super intense, and they can literally just. Everyone's got that had the you know, two straight pints of of um, a strong IPA at the pub, and you got that carpy mouth. That's uh, what is it like? It's like palate. Uh, uh, palate exhaustion.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good one. But, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's yeah. Yeah, I feel like in like anything you need to ease into it. It's a hot bath. Think of a, a night of tasting as a hot bath. You want it so you can dip your toes in. Um, and then you just run a bit more of the tap or whatever to make sure that you can you get down to your knees and and then you can just immerse yourself. It's fine. Is this the bath bomb that you put in or you know
0: where does this fit in, in the bath analogy? <laughs> um
2: look, it is the thing is I find I find uh because it's it's got that huge sort of like citrusy floral mm. there's raspberries in there there's there's all sorts of it's a with it at the risk of sounding like a beer wanker it's it's got a magnificent bouquet um <laughs> <plus>. <laughs> but literally it hides that six and a half percent so there there at a certain point you can be like jumping on other beers now and not worry too much about um about what you're going to because it's it's, it's it's a it's a gateway beer um to very very harder beers like double ipas and uh yeah
4: yeah yeah that's a good call um fa- it just occurred to me palate fatigue is palate T- fatigue the thing you're fat- thinking of it's yeah a
3: real, that's it's a, a real better thing. word fatigue.
4: It, it, it's like exhaustion fatigue yeah you just need, yeah, and then you just need something else. But yeah, if you're smashed with a big beer, start with. Like, that's about uh, forty-five minutes into gabs, I
3: think. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Forty-five minutes, half an hour. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Depends um, on. Hey, another for. message from Stu. There, he just mentioned um, the Gunnamatta beer. It, it is a beer that makes him miss being down under. So there you go. A little bit of a, little heartfelt yeah. Stewy, there. So. Is I'll it, it definitely people.
0: the Melbourne Beach that it's named after? Can you ask him that? Why it definitely
3: mind? is. Yeah,
2: it's definitely named after the Melbourne Melbourne Beach. Yeah. Well, how do you know that? Uh, He's told me. <laughs> he just
0: oh, no, no, been, is, there,
2: is there a story behind it? I guess is what. I, I think.
1: About. I think the waves on the can might give it away, David.
2: It's um, I. There's waves in a bay, isn't there? it? Um... Waves in bays. That's right. Yeah, there's That's waves right. in the bays. <laughs> they when, when Stewie obviously said that there's um it's, it's having this renaissance period um it's they he he did a he he did a podcast with someone or or a chat or an interview and he went into to how why how the name the gunner matter came around it was but i cannot recall it so this is um and just for people in the
0: Zoom room, Brent, do you just want to give us another little um, score of how you think Ryan's going at
3: the moment with the you know? Well, I've um I've sort of come in a few times. Uh, look, I. He's he's doing his best here, so I'm going to do a, a backwards number now, just so you can all see. No, it looks backwards on your screen. We can see it. No, yeah. season, no, right? no, I'm doing I'm doing it backwards for you. He's doing all right. I would. Looks so, like bro, I'm, just gonna, I'm
1: just going to put this out there, guys. I would say in relation to our argument on whether or not it's named after Gunamata Beach, which is a pretty pristine surf beach in yeah, Victoria, awesome. considering they have other beers named Big Mouth and White Noise, I think they're going with a surfing theme on some of their stuff. Therefore, it's got to be Victoria, yeah? Oh, oh,
3: look, 100%. 100%, 100% Victoria. Definitely is.
4: No, no one's surfing at Gunnamatta Bay.
3: No, no. Uh, here we go. Stu's just asking. Do you guys want any technical uh, info? So I'm happy to share it with you if you want.
4: Yeah. How many? How many? Like, all right. Think so what? What?
3: named things after.
4: <laughs> no, that's so. not technical. No. What's the size of a batch? And how much Earl Grey tea goes into a batch?
3: So he has. Uh, and how do I Four operate? grams of uh, Earl Grey blue flour going into a liter. No dry hop. No dry leafing. Oh, wow. Hit a whirlpool. Uh, wow! Hops vary across the different three countries that they brew it, and obviously subject to availability.
2: Huh. I'm having issues connecting my Apple TV, um, can you ask him about that as well?
0: <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll
1: try
2: oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's a really opportune
0: time to say to the room, why don't we have a five or so minute break uh, for people to... Go uh, and grab the next two beers, which are the Liberty uh, Citra and the Chur slash Behemoth Hazelnut Milk Stout from the fridge. Um, a powder your nose, do whatever else you need to do, and we'll join ourselves and each other back at 7.30 if you're in a live time zone with us. Anyway, we're back here in the core Room. We've been having some hijinks here uh, in the Zoom Room, which have gone on a little bit longer than they normally would. We really encourage you to come and join us in the Zoom Room on a Thursday night if you are able to do so. Um, Some of the best bits of the conversations we have happen here and we don't record them. Uh, The same thing will happen at the end of the recording when we uh, turn things off and we'll sit around in the Zoom Room and chat together. Um, one of my favourite bits I've got to say that we uh, had in terms of chats in the meantime behind the scenes is, Ryan, you and I had a chat about whether we could offer up slabs of gonna matter to people uh, mm-hmm. at a ridiculously reduced rate because some people in the room absolutely love them. And So what I have done behind the scenes while we've been chatting, I say this with confidence because IT is not really my thing. Is, I think I've already added it to the store and it's ready to go. We've only got seven slabs of it. And so people like who are in the room who would like a slab of Gunna Matter for $70, you don't even have to acknowledge that it's about the bay in Sydney rather than the beach in Melbourne. You can just jump online and grab it. If you're in the room, grab one of those. We've only got seven. And if you're listening to the podcast version, well, then jump onto the Shopify store, search for the Cool Room uh, Podcast Shopify, and there may be one or two left if you're really lucky and Travis has nothing else to do tomorrow other than edit a podcast and get it out quickly. Um, Check out the link. That's ridiculously good value. You're not going to find it anywhere else in Melbourne. And... um, Ryan hasn't even agreed and he's on his right, prices. So that, that's just nuts. Um, mate, speaking of just nuts, speaking of um, uh, you know, just incomprehensible decisions that people make, the rogue dead guy, you don't like it.
2: Now, I've only tried it once. I've only tried it once. Um, I'd had a few beers before, it wasn't older can it was it had some months like i'm talking had 10 months on it it wasn't completely cold um maybe i wasn't f- feeling completely happy maybe i would in some gin i might have been sad i'm not completely <laughs> sure. um but yeah, I I ended up pouring the the can down the sink. I was not happy with it, and to everyone, like literally everyone's dismay, no one I've spoken to has ever said that Dead Guy's a bad beer. Um, and I'm prepared to give it another go um, with literally the biggest fucking can you can find. <laughs> uh, I
0: literally had one of those things where I couldn't quite figure out how to drink from it properly.
2: Yeah, it's a, is it a two-hand one? But if you're you know, it's it's you end up drinking like Donald Trump. I'm not sure.
3: Hey, um, David, you don't record the video for this by chance, do you? I d- I deleted it at the end,
1: Brent. So, yeah, but I, I'll, I'll so, make sure I take a screenshot of what Ryan just did for you. I do.
3: I do have a rating on Ryan's review of um, the rogue bed guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be in the Zoom room to see things like that. That's You're not here in the Zoom room then you've missed out.
3: It's a really good beer. It's a really good beer.
0: It's. I understand why some people don't like it, but it's an absolute classic as far as I'm concerned. It's one of those beers. There's been a few posts on CBC and other sort of online forums lately about, you know, what are the 12 beers from around the world you have to try? And that's very much open for debate. That's the fun of it. But this to me is one of those ones where, you know, it's about America having a, you know, For me, like a Sierra Nevada, whether it's the Pale or the Torpedo, is probably what they brought to the world. But this is their interpretation, a New World interpretation of a classic European style.
2: It's really good.
0: Yeah, and I can drink a lot of it. Like Desert Island beer, not so much that I could drink, you know, a slab in a night, but that notion of I can come back to this beer every six months and go, gee, that's good. There's a reason why I like this one.
2: I have to say that, that it, it, it's night and day between the can that I had tried, there may have been, I'm not sure what, what had gone on with that can. It may have been stored. I actually know exactly what went on with that can. It had sat around in the boot of my car for quite a while. Um, all the, all the things you don't do with a beer. Um, that's really nice. And it's I, funny, I, I
0: say this, this is not a reflection at all on you, but I can remember, When we used to have Mr Griffiths up in Macaulay Road in Kensington, we actually did some tests where we actually put a slab of beer in the boot of someone's car for a week. It might have even been a fortnight in fairness. And then had the same beer that had been cold stored and had them side by side and everyone could pick which one was which. Some people actually liked the one that had been degraded through that and bit light struck and whatever else. But for people who are wanting to become beer reps and work in the industry, it's a really important lesson to learn about what mistreatment of beers will do. 100%. And then if you turn up to a, a genuine craft beer establishment and hand over a beer that's subpar and go, this is great, this is our new thing, and then wonder why you don't get a call back, um, you've, you know, genuinely buy an Esky and some ice. 100%. Put it on your boss to make sure you're delivering the beer in the best possible form it can be delivered.
2: I um I tend to take beers off the shelf um and just either do a swap out or um, credit them. I I don't want those beers in the market. Um, I I I feel like if if you're going to be an effective rep, you need to treat all the beers as if you brewed them yourself. Um, otherwise you're going to be putting. Like the, you're you're the last you're the last name that gets ticked off on that beer before it goes to a, a supplier, and that's your reputation. So, I am um, 100, 100%, 100% agree with you there. Don't leave beers in your car if you're a rep. Don't unless it's the day that they were canned and you've got underfills, and you're like, okay, these need to be distributed that day. Don't distribute underfills that have got a bunch of air in the can. Um, a week after two weeks after they were canned um it is yeah there is a lot beer is beer is just like a lovely girl um i'm not going to continue that no no don't don't.
4: (laughs)
1: what what you're saying ryan is if you're not willing to leave your baby in the car then you shouldn't leave your beer in the car
2: big time hundred percent hundred percent that's why when
1: i get home lately i take the beer out of the car and then take the baby out of the car
2: Mm-hmm. Gee, That's why you're supposed to a
0: frying pan into the fire. <laughs> um, either uh, way, yeah, I mean, part leave, part of what leave your baby on a. I'm Part of what I'm saying, there Ryan, is that the, all of the sort of fun jostling around and elbows up about our conversations tonight. One of the reasons why I'm very happy that you're on and talking about these beers tonight is because, mate, I know you actually do really respect the beers and, the, you know, what you bring to it and what you've done in helping us organise, first of all, Deep Creek with the podcast and Urban Urbanaut with the podcast, getting those absolutely fresh off the boat for us. And um, hopefully setting up something that we can do with Brent and um, Chur slash Behemoth, you know, people should be... Absolutely confident that if we're going to do something like that, it'll be because there's a whole lot of fresh new things landing and it's going to be the absolute best thing that, that people can be getting. You get it and we get it. So, it's
3: important. Well, um, Can I just ask Ryan, did you uh, happen to catch up with Joel while I was over here? Well, when was he over here? February, March?
2: Joel from um, Rogue. Uh, Rogue. Uh, that was when COVID was in full swing and we had a... a Complete rogue tap takeover at, at um, Silver Lake Social, and the guys from Yakima Valley Hops were there. Um, there was Scotty from Deep Creek was there, um, and Joel was a complete no-show. Um, he oh, was damn. in the country. He was literally in the country, but they were all
3: scrambling to get home before. Yeah, fair enough. He um, he had a couple of big nights um, at our uh, our brewery while we were sort of putting it all together. We um, we've got a. We've got a brewer's um, room up the top where uh, guest brewers can stay. Uh, and I understand That's him and cool. Andrew had
0: That's a, a very cool. bit yes, of a heavy night. <laughs> and we the odd podcasters come over and they just need a place to stay for the night.
3: Well, yeah, they'll have to be in Auckland, mate, so.
2: <laughs> okay. Get rid of that. There's beer fiends on this group, mate. They'll they'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> this dead guy ale
3: is amazing. <laughs> is a- Thanks, man. I- I'm glad you've like changed your mind because I-, I was Are competitive. A fan, Brent? Like I really am. I love it. it-, it- yeah. It's one of those, as I was saying before at the very start before we uh, started oh. chatting. The dead guy is one of those beers that I think, as I talked about, epic and. Um, uh, Yeasty Boys, you know, when I was first cutting my teeth on uh, craft beer, it was the American imports first. That was the first thing I managed to get my hands on, and then New Zealand started to make a few uh, beers of their own. But, yeah, they're one of the originals for me.
0: We really hope people have the tasting back, and look, even if you don't, go out and grab them. And um, yes. to me, uh, the can size we have is, what, 500 mil or something?
2: 500 you'd almost it's a pint. Mm. <laughs> it, it travels
0: really well like that. It's one of those things about like Durables of wine, about you know. It just, I think it's got more longevity in a bigger unit. That might just be my imagination, but just feels very fresh to me in that in that format. Mm. Um, the, the, the actual can that I'm supposed to be asking you about that people in the Zoom room have probably already started to taste <laughs> is the Liberty Citra. Um, yeah. So let's let's run through a little bit, guys. Both of you, can you tell us a bit about the story of um, Liberty? You know why they? You know why did you choose to highlight up them in the portfolio?
2: Tell us the story. Um, Liberty is one of the one of those brewer, breweries that um, I've always I've always loved, um, and more so than a than a garage project or a, um, I'm not going to I'm not going to say like a a, a chair of behemoth because all their ones are amazing, but like, it's, it's more so because oh. they, they, <laughs> brew, they, they, they literally brew, they, they, their core range is, it's like the All Blacks. It is literally, each and every one of their core range beers are, are fantastic. It is, um, it's just re- like, just stand out like Knife Party IPA. Is, was one of my go-to IPAs once I could handle the taste of an IPA. Um, and, and in terms of my first, my first um, IPA that I would drink as a beer drinker, as a craft beer drinker, once I removed myself from the VB um, world. And, yeah, it is literally fantastic. Citra is of that elk, um, but just on steroids and amazing. Like, it is it is 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's great.
0: Absolutely. So, so, when you sort of talk about those, you know, when you removed yourself from VB, are there particular sort of craft beers that you remember having? What was your sort of time that you moved from just drinking beer going, oh, there's a beer I want, or oh, there's a beer that, you know, I feel a bit you know, I put my corduroy slacks
2: on and I wanna have one of those. <laughs> corduroy. Um, just a
0: random just a random reference there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally out of the blue. Um, um Blue Corduroy though, mate, that's a that's a brave decision.
2: Oh big time, big time. If you're gonna wear that with a velvet jacket. But anyway, that's another there's a topic for another. Yes, you boys will do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um it, in terms of, of those first craft beers, that I had when I left VB. Here's the thing. It was, it was, um I used lagers, I used Pilsner's as my approach. I remember Brent saying, try this beer, try this beer. It's like, oh, you need a brew, Pilsner. Um, and that was my vehicle to get into the craft beer game. Um or into the and just get into the mood and and, and start teaching my palate to to like the different complexities and things that were were coming out of these beers, but it was, um there was, okay, there was, everyone might laugh, but it's, it's my journey. Um I was- uh, I don't think anyone
4: was laughing. No, I mean, i am been really I'm
2: laughing. hoping
0: you'd say something that would make people laugh, to be honest, but no, that wasn't it. I like the idea, Ryan, that you
1: talk about leaving VB like you were in a relationship with it. So I think if anyone was gonna
2: laugh, they might've laughed at that. Yeah, or yeah, flying like, out of the
0: country in VB or something.
2: Like my stepdad handed me a VB um, when I was leaving leaving New Zealand to come to Australia. He's like, You better get, get to know the culture. He always <laughs> drank VB, not in bottles. What uh, did he drink?
0: What did he drink?
2: VB in cans, not in bottles, it, only in cans. And this is before. Oh, I thought
0: he was casting nasturtiums at Melbourne, but he I'm was drinking VB. Or and- they put a plastic
1: lining in their cans and it still tasted like tin.
2: Oh, like I mean, like to be honest, VB's has is, is always tasted like feet, and it's it's something that if all you've known is feet, hmm. you get to yep. know. You get yep. to know.
3: Can I, um, can I just add a little twist to the story? Yeah, please do. Please. So, I mean, obviously, me and Ryan, um, yeah, mentioned we've got, we've gone way we go way back. Um, at uni. Ryan used to be scared every time I bought him a drink because it was there's just always that little bit extra, right? So it could be like a double, triple shot of tequila or something like that. So when he started to get in the craft beer, I would be literally handing him like the best goddamn creek or like whatever I could find that I thought was really amazing and a really awesome drink. No matter how big or small the glass was, he was always skeptical. Like he didn't oh want to take it. He'll sit there, look at it analyze it for a second look at me back you know he wants to know what's going on and why then he tries it and then he's sort of he's okay but you you uh, almost scared me completely out of trying sours
2: <laughs> i was like sours in the three and a half percent and you you gave me a cucumber hippie from eight eight wired and i was like oh you this is just all tequila and just terrible stuff and i tried it and it was amazing and that's when i started trusting you again so that, that's a mm-hmm. Dr. Phil, that's for a Dr. Phil podcast. Just put out the big
0: leather the... couch and you, you know, just lie down and we can talk through this together. That's all right. Um, tell us about this beer and, you know, how do you feel about the citra hop? And well, more importantly, we've sort of covered a little bit of it, but why, which hops do you love, which do you not? And what other hops do you sort of see coming out of New Zealand that you really hope hit the Australian market soon?
2: um okay so i i love citra as a hop it's got that real up front in your face it's like a it's like the first time you listened to punk yes like proper punk like clangy guitars it is it what's is proper punk? what's proper punk what's proper punk oh look no well, now you're now you're getting, now you're opening can of worms.
4: Wow, um, it's a very big can of worms. And- yeah, yeah.
2: Look, look, remember that, that that I was born in 1982. Um, so I would consider my my proper punk would be early, early, very early Green Day. Be Offspring. Oh.
4: Of
2: the- oh, if you see you've just disciples. lost me, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, guys, guys, guys. Welcome to the Old Man
0: Podcast, where we <laughs> complain about. <laughs> You know, like yeah, you know,
1: oh, ah, I love Green Jake Ryan, but uh I wouldn't classify him as proper
0: punk. Early Beastie
3: Boys no. proper punk. Early
0: boys. Let's move along. Bad religion. Bad religion. Bad punk. religion, yeah. Get
2: off. That's that. a passing it's mark. A, it's a it's a country. Going to a uh, misfits hundred percent, but we're going to go down a wormhole here. We'll talk about this after the podcast but the guy, exactly. Uh, exactly
0: I want to stick around in the room That's, That's the, the first one time one a guest has so, suggested so, no, we
4: get back on target <laughs> The last
0: the last of my questions is so you've given us an array a really interesting array right. of IPA's hmm IPA's just sort of dominate the beer market in Australia and probably around the world at the moment Neepers, I guess, are the ones everyone sort of points to as being the trendy ones. But there's various variations. You have your finger on the pulse. That's why you're giving the masterclass tonight. How do you feel the market's going to go over the next year or two? You know, what styles do you see emerging? What styles do you see dying off?
2: Really good, really good. True to style, true to form. West Coast IPAs are going to make a comeback, and we're going to get rid of. We're going to get rid of breakfast juice as an IPA and we are going to have good, bitter, really danky, danky American West Coast IPAs or really good, bitter, melony, Australian stone fruit IPAs. It's, there. there is, I feel the West Coast, the the West Coast is coming back. It's it's, it's it's we're we're getting off the you know, and, and I'm I'm a biggie fan over a two pack fan, so I I do feel like we are going back to the West Coast um, in terms of, of of IPAs.
0: I get that. I can see totally where you're coming from that front. It's been really interesting. We've had a few, and partly you know, talking musically, but you know, through your auspices uh particularly the ones that Orban, urban urban bring out you know there's some old school west coast stylings there yeah um
2: which are just really enjoyable to drink um chur or behemoth took out the um the west coast ipa challenge this year um if well, we go. here's, here's churley yeah here's churley they took out the west coast challenge it was a um the theme was horror and um and they did a The Shining themed um, Here's Chirley. Uh it, it was a fan, it's a fantastic one. They've just done another batch, but I don't think we ended up getting being able to get our hands on any in Australia, which is annoying. So
0: let's do let's do two things here. I've got two questions arising out of that. You know, one for Brent, but one for you, Ryan. First of all, why didn't you include a NEPA from Chur if you reckon that's yeah you know, that's their what they do and do well? And Brent. A question for you when Ryan's finished answering that, which is, you know, when you look at sort of that, how important is the name versus how important is the style? How do you make decisions about what you enter to win something like that? But, but Ryan, first of all, why didn't you include one of Cherb slash Behemoth's neighbours, given that's what they do and do really well? Um,
2: I know Brent won't ask you that question, you know, publicly, I know. but I will. Yeah, well, well, the thing is, Brent oh, borrowed a rod ages ago, and he never returned it. Um, but... <laughs> I've never- oh, hang on. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Yeah, so say it to get a bit louder? Brent borrowed a, 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 a fishing rod that my stepmother gave to my father for their anniversary years ago, and I took it to Melbourne as my first fishing rod, and I I have never received that fishing rod back. It's at Nick's. <laughs> anyway. And anyway... The entire
0: sixty-seven seven <laughs>
2: episodes of podcasting we've done have led to that moment. The truth, the, the, the I mean, the, the truth. Truth be told, um, number one, we like there is a reason why we couldn't get our hands on 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 it. It's it's when we get when we get here and Behemoth Hazy's um, into the country, they they fly out. They are uh, they are uh, they are like they in terms of price they are up there they are very pricey beers um but people are prepared to pay for them and they just go they fly they they it's first in first served type of thing um i also felt like i was favoring as a as an afterthought i felt like i was favoring new zealand way too much in there and i really wanted to do a new zealand a stout and i thought we'd do a stout but um but anyway new zealand's great we can we, could, we should have done them always, Kiwi Beers, to be honest. And
0: Brendan, I genuinely, when
2: you get a theme
0: like horror theme, it's an awesome name that you've gone with there, but how do you tie the name to the label to the branding to the actual beer you've made? And, um, or was the beer already ready to go and you've sort of gone with it?
3: Well, uh, as a a brewery, we had a lot of fun with our beers. Um, I think Australia probably only sees about 15 to 20% of the different beers that we create throughout each year, Um, and that's due to uh, a couple of branding issues. But, um, uh, look, we we really try to make fun of every every different beer that we make you know, the whole uh truly sort of uh stigma, you know, or truly as our mascot, we can play around with them, we can make different things out of them. You know, Dr. Phil, Dr. Philbert, that's our beer. Um, you know, we've got uh I think five or six different um anti Trump beers out there at the moment. Uh more recently, um uh is there is there a bleeping button by chance? No, don't worry, just go I oh, can do that like, in like, post. Fuckface clown stick. So that was a recent release. But you know, we've had um, dump the Trump. We've had uh, the impeachment ale. The impeachment, um, I think,
0: was one of the very first of yours that I'd had in the modern iteration.
3: So yeah, we've had we've had a variety. You know, um, you know, big pops, small hands. You name know, it. We we just take the piss out of Trump. Um, he's a clown. Um, really poor uh, example of a leader. But you know, we, we we the whole point is we like to have fun. Um, and I think we've got a really good landscape to do that with our uh, Churley mascot. So um, here's Churley. You know, it made sense, especially with our uh, recent um, uh, restaurant and bar opening up with uh, Chulies. It, it was just. Uh, well, difficult. can you tell us a
0: bit about that just in case, you know, we all get sucked into a combine harvester and we don't get you on for the podcast we'd love to have you on for? Yeah, no, as well. Look, Give us a bit
3: of a, you know, bit of a run. So, look, this this has been a, a little project in planning for about four years. Um, I know I've talked to many mates from even from day one, ground zero, about you know having a brewery and opening a brewery, and I got a lot of yeah, mate, yeah, mate, yeah, whatever. Um, and you know now we're we're probably one of New Zealand's top breweries. Um, we've got. Uh, you know, in on-site uh, butchery, we, we do nose to tail. There's no wastage. So if we get in the beast, we use the whole thing. Nothing goes to waste whatsoever. Um, look at our, you know, have a look at our menus and stuff. You'll you'll be pretty amazed at some of the stuff they do on there. Uh, and then we're trying to bring a lot of our brewing production in-house. Um, Behemoth as a brand for the last eight years, we've actually um, contract brewed through... Probably more breweries in New Zealand than any other brewery I can imagine. Um, it's just sort of crazy. We had a couple of, oh, probably probably about four main uh, breweries that we'll contract out of, but um, now we're trying to bring everything back in-house. We're uh, aligning our food with our beers. Uh, we've got 24 different beers on tap at any one time. Uh, if anyone is interested, and in, I'll, I'll just shamelessly plug ourselves. We hey, have a crowd of size um, if you want to be part of Behemoth. The opportunity is open in Australia now. Um, we're just growing so rapidly. It's, uh, it, so it's pretty so how, make,
0: how do they, if people want to take you up on that, how do they find that opportunity?
3: Uh, you could either jump onto the Behemoth website or Facebook page. There'll be posts on there. Um, or I can share a post to this page if anyone's interested.
0: We've send it through. We can make sure it's in the uh, liner notes for the podcast itself. But, yep, shoot them through so we can put them on our socials. Because what you're offering is an amazing opportunity in one sense.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, I've I've been in there from uh, sort of ground zero. Um, I've I've kind of won the lottery in a, in a way, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, as a as a founder, but um, you know, as we've seen, if we brought different shareholders on, there's so many benefits for everyone joining in. Um, you know, being part of the brand, being part of the community. Uh, it's just massive. Um, I'm just really excited to see where the brand will go in the next five to 10 years.
0: Now, I'm going to...
3: Shana... Yeah, good question. I think it's,
0: Shana's just asked a magnificent question and normally she, I can see what she's up to. But Shana, are you willing to be unmuted to ask the question that you've uh, just typed into the chat?
3: I can, yeah.
0: It's a, it's a great question, so it is. Um, well, basically we get a lot, or what I thought was a lot of New Zealand beers represented in bottle shops in especially Victoria, can't speak for other states, uh, but you're saying that only about 20% of the market is represented here. So in New Zealand, what proportion of Australian craft beers do you think is represented?
3: So when I said about 20%, it's a, it's about 20% of the beers that we produce that you'll see in Australia. Um, Behemoth makes, oh, I can't even keep count now, probably 200 different bears a year. It's just, it's crazy. Like uh, we had a week during COVID where there was 12 different bears released in a three week period. Um, in New Zealand, we are starting to see a little bit of a increase in Australian beers. Um, admittedly there's not so much of a market over there as um, there typically would be in Australia for New Zealand beers I think um, part of that is due to Kiwis being over here and you know having a demand for the beers that they're used to at home um, but you know we've, we've seen um, like a hot nation and a few other good breweries recently breaching um, into the New Zealand market and doing really well I think the main challenge, if we really want to talk about the New Zealand brewing um, scene and actually getting your brand out there, our distribution model is very different. Um, you buy a beer in a supermarket. The supermarkets actually sell beer on the shelves as you're walking through, buying your your meat and your veg and all that sort of stuff. And you've got this beautiful big beer aisle that has um, you know a hundred different styles of beer that you can particularly choose from. Um, yeah, it's a very different uh, model here. I think Australia is quickly catching up with their liquor stores and um, BWS, I think, recently is is one of the bigger players, uh, making a commitment to stocking uh, regional beers from um, you know the same state and promoting them. I, I think we're just starting to catch up in Australia.
0: Can I ask a question as a small, you know, publican who owns one venue and you know, genuinely, a conversation we're sort of having a bit behind the scenes on some of those things. I totally understand why you'd want to be in. BWS or even better Dan Murphy's or whatever else, but in a, in a world where like a pub like mine can't sort of get access to really cool beers like you guys produce because they all go into, you know, those sort of larger format stores, where does craft beer go and how does it sort of make a living for people who are committed to the interesting sort of aspects that it brings? I'm, you know, so how, how can an average pub be a craft beer pub in that world?
3: Yeah, look, David, we don't um, we don't actually have any contracts in Australia um, that favour the larger uh, organisations. We actually like to keep our beer um, independent, like our brewery is. We like to support the small guy. Our beers are expensive, um, you know, import costs and everything puts the price up. Um, significantly more than what you'll pay for a beer in New Zealand but that's just the cost of logistics. Uh, I My day job is in logistics so I, I totally um, understand where that's coming from um, but we, we want to promote those uh, venues that promote good beer. Um, we don't want to sign a contract to someone like Coles um, that kind of deflates a brand. Uh, yes, they may have volume but um, they they typically have uh, numerous other demands that we just can't commercially uh, or um, isn't ethically agree with. It's a good so answer, it's a
0: great answer. But it's, it's a real It's, it's great being gun. there just
3: just to have a, have a yarn, you know, like this is what we're about.
2: Does anyone know how to turn off your virtual background? <laughs> <laughs> and and Brian, Well, that's well, well our that's good friend right. Brian figures that out, I reckon let's open
0: the uh, the fourth and final of our official beers tonight. Uh, Travis or Warren, whoever uh, Warren, you I was going to say, I was gonna, one of you can raise your hand, but Warren, you've already what raised your hand, so mate, you take right. the one from here.
4: What? what? Huh? What? Right, let's let's kick off with the traditional. Should we kick off with the traditional that's question?
1: A, that's a good idea.
4: Is that what David probably just suggested that we do? That we
1: I think he kind of said that in a roundabout way, but I think that's what he was
4: getting at. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you never know though. Bloody politicians.
0: I was throwing to you to kick off the next segment of questions as I sent them through today in the email. And the first one of those is the traditional courtroom question. Just...
4: Or- just- Just quietly, just quietly, Travis. Do you ever feel like you're being talked to, like like your English teacher standing (laughs) up? It could be worse. I could be your philosophy
1: teacher. Every single day, Warren, but it's not coming from
4: David. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so, all right. Ryan, Brent, there's a question, a traditional question we like to ask here on the cool room. And surprisingly enough, it has to do with cool rooms or any real hospitality situation you've been involved in. What is the strangest, weirdest, most awkward thing you've seen in a cool room? Um, it was a blow job, to be honest. <laughs> they...
2: <laughs>
0: no one's actually ever said it out it
4: loud. No no, <laughs> said that. no, no one's explicitly ever said that. No.
0: Is it you so it's 68...
2: I used to work. I used to work at the uni pub, and and um, at Massey University in Wellington. That's how I met Brent, actually. Um, and
3: I, was, I wasn't given the blowjob. By the way, just yeah, in no, case I, anyone's I, asking, Brent was
2: not giving the blowjob. ruined was, the story for us, Brent
3: <laughs> didn't say anything about receiving it.
2: <laughs> this. My, my first taste in in hospitality, um, I. I came from a tiny, tiny small town in, um, in New Zealand called Hastings, and went to university and got a job at the uni bar. And I was like, all oh, right, shit, I'm going to turn this into a fraternity house. Um, and that's what I thought it was supposed to be like. Um, I got fired. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I encouraged all sorts of craziness during orientation week and, um, yeah there was a literally in the keg room underneath the stairs outside the messy pub there was a blowjob at me
3: and I Ryan um can I ask why you got fired because I remember paying about a dollar a jug
2: Yeah yeah uh, Was that
3: the same thing?
2: <laughs> I yeah look I made way like I had no idea what the business model was and I <laughs> I, uh, yeah, 18-year-old Ryan was a, a lot different to 38-year-old Ryan. Let's just say that.
4: <laughs> How about you, Brent?
3: Uh, look, um, so funny enough, you know, we're, we're a brewery with a butchery uh, and we've got our own cold room for meat. Um, mine's not as scandalous as Ryan's, but uh, I did go into a pub that was aging meat and they were aging their uh their steaks and also hams uh in their uh cool room um their meat was not meat anymore it was something different um i was at a place that i've actually eaten that before funny (laughs) enough after i went down there and tried to uh, realign and clean the i was cleaning their uh their, their beer lines and stuff for them as a freebie just to try to make sure you know everything was Good for our beer. Uh, I never ate there again.
4: <laughs> Do you still sell your beer to them though? No, not at all.
3: Uh, actually, that the, this particular bar probably owes me about two and a half to three grand. Uh, so <laughs> we Beer
2: stopped, so did the bills. So they said uh, we can pay it with salami, and they just wouldn't go for it. But <laughs> again, without pull,
0: yeah, it's all about pulling the curtain back. We don't want names named. But isn't no, it just amazing them. how um, some places sort of keep on, it's got some pups to go, oh, well, no, we'll, we'll pay you in six months. We'll pay you in a year. Or some delivery places go, oh, you, you know, we'll just drop this stuff off and you can pay us later. You go, I didn't order the stuff you just dropped off. You know, I don't want the preserved crow feet, which might be the greatest delicacy or,
4: I reckon. I reckon as much as as much as you know the the venues occasionally get get kind of weird things going on. Poor suppliers. and having having now been on the other side of it, the, the the strange stuff that you'd have to you'd have to deal with and the the waiting like thirty day terms don't mean the same thing anymore. When you as soon as you're on the other end of that 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 uh, invoice. All of a sudden it's really strange. I couldn't even imagine the hygiene that it will be involved when you've got a craft beer, something that you've made and loved and really, you know, put your heart and soul into, going into a venue and not quite being sure whether or not they clean their lines on a regular basis. Like that would just that would just do strange things to my head. Okay,
1: so to for my own benefit, and so I don't have to edit too much tomorrow on my public holiday, <laughs> we should move on and talk about the, uh, as I'm be out, because it's fucking amazing. It's really, it
4: it really,
3: really,
0: really good. It's, it's got perfect. a real nuttiness to it.
4: Let's start off by the, ch- let's start off fighting about Joe and, and the story behind.
0: And remembering that, you know, if Ryan does his job well, we could, get yep. well, I'm have- going to say quite here. Ryan, tell us about you. I can tell you exactly. So just for those who come to the podcast late, for no apparent reason, Brent, who's a shareholder, if not you know one of the folks who runs the show, is letting someone else explain how his brewery works.
2: And Ryan go, looks right? frightened. No, I don't.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> like, I'm, 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 you look bit like bit bit you're bit Dean Jones going out to face the opening bowling from you
4: know the west indies oh rest in peace dino
0: exactly right but it also means to have faith in you if you can if you can just get off 20.
2: gab sure. this is this is i was going through a period i was working in freight and logistics for a while and i'm not going to talk about the start i'm not going to talk about the start of cheer what i'm going to talk about is how cheer literally have shaped and given me a career now um i, I know uh, i'm like a politician i will not answer a question straight um but real politicians answer completely straightly i i am um, i was working in the freight industry and i could i hated it i literally couldn't get out of bed to sell space on a truck or a train ever again and brent said we are exhibiting at gab's for the first time I need you and a couple of mates to go. And he paid for our, us to do our RSA. Um, and so we went and did our RSA, and we worked at the behemoth. Back then, it was definitely behemoth. Then wasn't it? Was it true? No, it was then? sure It was true. Yeah, it was Chur, Yeah, I've still got the t-shirt. It's um, ours
3: and only Gabs. Yeah,
2: and, and so me, my wife, and my really good friend Shannon. We all we all gone got out RSAs and worked there. And I'd already let Brent know that I really liked craft beer after he kept giving it to me. After you trusted uh, me. Uh, after I trusted him. And Cher, working at that gab stand, allowed me to run run around and meet a whole bunch of different brewers. Um, in terms of, of how Cher, or behemoth came about that that is there's totally a question for brent um, <laughs> everything everything like literally my start and beer i had no credentials in it i sold space on trucks and all of a sudden i'm trying to fight for taps and it it was it was it was brent Same deal really really. Right?
4: very kiwi ryan that's a beautiful handball <laughs> It was over. Look on. away
0: ahead. It was Look away fast.
4: Oh, it's completely look away. Like he was looking the other direction. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was masterful. And Brent <laughs> So Brent, now that now that we've worked out we have the we have someone who can who can really give us the inside story. Brent. I'm here. Ask a question. Go on. No, no, no. Tell us oh. the whole story. What what's what's <laughs> Tell us what, what you'd like people to know about Cher. Um,
2: look Why is it called Cher, not Behemoth in Australia?
3: Um yeah, fuck you, Ryan. Question? We get we asked this, and it, it is it a shitty it is a shitty question, I I gotta say. Um yeah, you know, Behemoth Brewing Company, we, we've been around since, oh, God, it's been about nine years now. Um, there is a trademark infringement with another brewery in Australia, as you all know, and I'm not going to name them. I'm not well, going to badmouth them. Not being smart. So, so brother, we but, all know. Yeah.
0: But we also actually have a whole lot of people who listen to the podcast who are just coming to you for the first time or who are coming in from overseas. So don't say anything that's going to be... Legally difficult for
3: you. Look, it's a really interesting question for people. Like, yeah. Imagine you're in Germany. I, I, I personally, I personally appreciate the uh, the produce that this said brewery makes. We'll just call them Voldemort for now because we won't name them. Mm. Um, so Voldemort does some pretty good beers, uh, but they don't want us to use our name Behemoth in Australia.
4: Did, did, have you had a conversation? Like, has there been any any real kind of actual person there's, to person?
3: There's been conversations and hints why we uh, we are branded as true in Australia. Hmm. All right, let's, let's stop pushing them in.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So, leaving aside Ryan, who
0: you know doesn't quite know how to bring the best beers to market, quite clearly. Oh. If you were, if you were going to bring your beers in the next six months. And so give people a teaser of what we might be having, I don't know, a week or so out from Christmas. What should should people be looking forward to if we can all sit down together and have one of these sessions with all of your beers?
3: Look, it's really hard because we've got a different special beer out every week, every fortnight, every bye. You reckon you can set a couple aside for us? Uh, we could do that. We'll have to talk to Ryan and uh, his friends that experience it to make it happen. Um, look, as I said, we've probably made 200 different beers in the last year. Uh, we're always sort of trying to push the boundary, keeping up with what people want. So we're making so many different hazies, but got a little bit of a now. but at the same time, there's so many different hazies that everyone is different. Um, I'm pretty sure most of people who have had the opportunity to try to have uh, more than likely enjoyed it um, I'll be very bloody surprised if you haven't um, talk to me if you don't like it um, work something out I'm not giving you a free one <laughs> but I want you to explain why no um, but uh, you know, we we are always producing something new, something more exciting. Uh we have four new
2: coming, coming before Christmas. There are four are you new, right? there are four new chews coming before Christmas. There, there you go, guys. Got, you heard uh, uh, it juice first. We have got Arknard, the chuly arachnid, hazy Juice Wayne. Juice Wayne. No, we have not got Juice Wayne. We've got cheesecake sour, which is a dessert fruited sour. <laughs> we have Slushy Fund, which is a heavily fruited sour raspberry and passion fruit, something.
3: Sandy yeah, frozen. And we have
2: Bee Hoppy. Yep. Beehoppy. Okay. Brent can just like, send a couple more it. into the mail
0: for us so we can have them just exclusively. Rinse the, the one in the call
2: room. Rinse the one to chat to, and we can probably do some exclusive stuff for the call room. Exactly like that. That'll
3: you have to be on the email list
0: for that kind of thing.
3: We'll probably have to take the one offline and work something out exclusively. But uh... oh, well, I'll introduce you guys afterwards.
4: I think we can put a bow on on this fun, fun conversation. We can talk about I bit writing, and question. how we get. It's my
2: favourite phrase.
4: Yeah, I know. How good's that? I listened. You see, if you only gave us a chat, if you only gave us a chance, Dave. Um, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Brent. Thanks, Ryan. The, your time has been amazing. The beers that you've chosen have been have been extraordinary. Um, would you guys like to give us your social media links so we can let the world know how to find you and, and how to interact and, and yeah. Uh, um, Ryan, you want to go first?
2: Um, look, I... Um, if you're on Facebook if you, and you want to find any of, like, uh, like it's, it's different. Oh shit, I did that wrong. <laughs> Facebook search. Um, I, 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 I yeah, d- d- type the names of the breweries into Facebook search or into Instagram. I, I don't have this prepared. I'm very sorry.
1: That's all right. No, doesn't is, matter. I feel like we're going through a bit of deja vu right now. Like this is something that's happened before. Um, oh poor ryan
3: you know you know how good not not (laughs) having a liberty and like uh taking you home to your mum or whatever um i can't type right now so i totally (laughs) fucked up i apologize (laughs) here's the link i can totally (laughs) i can totally find this
2: out in the next little while and see it through. but 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 brent's
4: Oh no, what? I was about to say I was about to handball it to you. Brent's kindly given us behemoth. Nah, fuck brewery. that
3: up too. I'm sorry, it's a Liberty. I I, I totally apologise. On, um, uh, no uh, Behem- once, once uh <laughs> Lockdown has finished Lockdown, the Lockdown. Liberty,
2: liberty Brewing is opening a tap room in Victoria.
4: Um oh, that's exciting. That's really exciting.
2: That is really cool, cool stuff. That um, Where
4: do you know where? Do you can you give us a
2: yeah I called I called Paul about today I like
4: <laughs> uh, um, hold on before you do behemothbrewing.co.nz is where you'll find Brent's little venture a uh, bigish venture I suppose <laughs> um <laughs> get, get, in, get into it uh see what the, the the Kiwis are lucky to be pulling off the shelves of their um <laughs> of their supermarkets. Imagine if you could pick up a beer from just the shelf in a supermarket, and then in oh, I dread to think how how drunk I would be. Anyway, we're we're winding up. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Brent. Uh, let's call it a night.
3: Thank you very much for having
4: me. Um, it's great.
2: Yes, guys.
3: I was having to try the uh, Doctor Philbert.
2: That's great. That is really good. It's really
4: good, Brand.